0: Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or co-worker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Tonight we're going to be talking about something that is Really so important to recognize because it starts small usually and you are in a different space, a different emotional state, and you endeavor to respond to it in a healthy way and then things eventually go sideways. So we're going to be talking about emotional abuse and the high cost of enabling a narcissistic hijackle. The whole idea of enabling is a very important one to really understand. It's not blaming you for anything. It is identifying behaviors and saying these ones are unhealthy, and therefore you might want to consider avoiding them. So if you're enjoying Save Your Sanity podcast, remember that you can go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com and you can enjoy all the episodes that are there for you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash You can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation and support this so it's available for you and all the other people who enjoy it. So patreon.com slash So let's get into it. Let's talk about what it is, this high cost of enabling a narcissistic hijackal so let's first look at what is enabling and that's an important consideration because I've written a particular definition of it because so many times I read definitions and I think I'm not quite happy with that so I made my own and I will read it to you enabling is when you usually step in to fix solve excuse rationalize justify or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of another person that's really really important i'm going to read it again because it is that important think about it are you doing this when you usually step in to fix solve excuse rationalize justify or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of another person. And when you're with a person who behaves badly, if you are doing those things, you are doing them because you think that it is going to be a benefit to you. It's going to be a benefit to the relationship. And that's a natural thing to think because in a healthy relationship, It will be. It's a good idea. However, when you recognize that you're in a hijackal relationship, now remember my definition of a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. So if you are with a hijackal or a person with hijackal tendencies, it is unhealthy But if you think, I'll give more, I'll do a little more, I'll show them how much I care about them, you may find yourself in an enabling situation. So why? Well, it might be misguided uh, caregiving. You might think, oh, well, I'm empathetic, and I understand, and they've had a rough day, or they've had a difficult time, or they had trauma in their early life, or you're overly understanding. And you try to make sense of it and you put yourself on hold in order to lean in, which normally would be a very healthy thing to do. But when you're at the hijackal, they're going, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. They're not going to meet you halfway or have a reciprocal arrangement. So you also might think, well, I'm going to show them that I am the one for them. I will just ingratiate myself to them. I will be that person who is always there for them, who always listens to them, who always gives them what they need, and then they'll love me more. And then maybe they'll be different. Maybe they will relax and say, oh, I don't have to be harsh anymore because this person loves me. And that's a natural thing to think, again, in a healthy relationship. But this is an unhealthy relationship. So why else might you enable? Well, you might have a little bit of self-doubt, you know. Uh, am Am I right that this is wrong? Am I actually being too judgmental or critical of the other person? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe I don't deserve better than this. Maybe it's just fear. Maybe I'm afraid that I'll lose this. And even though it's not great, I don't want to lose it. Or maybe I'm afraid I'll be bullied. Or maybe they will they will be angry with me and I'm afraid and so I enable them. Or maybe it's just familiar. Maybe you come from a home where this is how you were taught. Remember when we're little? We have no experience. We're born into a family. It's the only family we know. The treatment is the only treatment that we know. And so it, it is ingrained in us long before we have full brain development as to how we fit into the world and how we think about ourselves is, is something that's developed during that time. So we may think that we deserve this treatment from someone <clears throat> and you don't like it But it's somehow familiar, and it's subconsciously familiar. So you are subconsciously settling for this behavior. Does that make sense to you? That if you have been treated poorly in your early life, you may think that that's how you're supposed to be treated because that must be the person that you are, and other people see it, so they treat you that way. And that's not the case at all. Because when you actually realize that you can step out of that, that you are not necessarily going to fall into the pattern that you were given when you were a child, in fact, you look back on it and say, no, that was warped. That was not okay. There were many things there that did not sit well. When you actually do that, then you can get some help to change it. And that's the important thing. And you know, if you want to work with me, you can always take advantage of my new client offer at BeAClient.com. A full hour for an hour, BeAClient.com. So you might be recognizing a few of these things here. So you you get into a thought pattern, this person is doing wrong things, and you are saying, oh, but they're tired, oh, but they're angry, oh, but they're upset. Rationalize, justify, excuse. And you may be thinking, if I enable them, if I actually do those things, I step in and I fix and solve and excuse and rationalize and and make the consequences of their poor choices go away, maybe they'll like me better. Maybe they'll be happy with me then, and maybe they'll love me, or maybe they'll love me more, or maybe they'll really grow to appreciate what I offer. That would be great, and you're hoping for that, and maybe you think that you'll gain some stability in the relationship. It'll all settle down because the person doesn't have to wonder if you love them. And maybe you think it'll increase the reciprocity that the more you give, the more you'll get back. Well, that would happen in a healthy relationship, but a relationship with a hijackle is unhealthy. Or maybe you think that eventually, as I said earlier, they'll relax and trust you. That you've proven yourself and you will finally come to that place where they will relax and trust you. Not going to happen. They're always going to want more. And then you may think, oh, well, it'll just take time. It'll just take time. It'll get better with time. No, when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, it doesn't get better with time. It most often gets worse. Because a very strange phenomenon takes place. They're being emotionally abusive to you, and you are enabling them to do that. And the more that you enable them to do that, The more that they feel they have power over you, but the less respect they have for you. And if they had respect for you, they wouldn't behave the way they did in the first place. And so you wouldn't be in a relationship that is behaving this way. So it's very, very circular, very important to recognize it and understand what's going on. Because you want to start with yourself when you're looking at these relationships. Like, what's okay with me? Are things going on here that are really not okay with me? And have I spoken up? Have I said something about what I'd like in its place? Have I said what you prefer? Now, it's not that the hijackle is particularly going to be interested because they're very self interested. They're not really that interested in you unless they really want something. They're looking to see what's in it for them. But you may think that, you know, there will be that time that that you will get better over time. Maybe you think that getting married will help. No, that does not help. Um, Maybe you think that having children will help. No, that definitely doesn't help. And then you bring other people into the relationship to experience the abuse. And, you know, many people get to that stage of having children before they actually hear this and say, Oh my, I had no idea. I I wasn't comfortable, but I never thought it was abuse. I've done other podcasts on really being able to recognize what's abuse. But if you're in that situation, now is the time to change. You couldn't have done it any earlier because you didn't recognize it. So don't beat yourself up. Be gentle with yourself. Just pull yourself up to your full height and say, "Mm -mm, I see it now. I'm going to find a way to make this different. And you may be able to make some improvements, and I'm always here to help you. But if you find yourself thinking, well, maybe it's me, maybe it's me, maybe it's me, always a good place to start. Self-reflection is always a good place to start. But it's likely not you. And if they can back you into thinking it's you, And that you are the one with the problem. You know how much they like to find fault. You know how much they like to blame. So they're going to lay everything at your feet. Everything is your fault. And when you get into a situation like that, there's nowhere good to go except away. Now, you may not need to leave physically, although usually people want to. But you have to start emotionally distancing yourself. So you may not recognize the abuse because you grew up with it. You know, I've said before on the podcast, I grew up as an only child with two hijackal parents. They were hijackals in different ways, but just imagine the dynamic at home. You know, hijackals behave their poorest at home, all sweetness and light out in the world. And then at home, then we see the private place of pain. So I'm trying to keep these two hijacked giants happy, and they're different and they have different needs and they have different wants. Not to mention that I was being abused in other ways at the same time, but emotionally, which is tonight's topic, I was also being abused. And so I thought Oh, if I just make them happy, if I just make them proud, if I jump through all their hoops, then everything will be better. Well, you know how that one goes. You jump through all the hoops, you do everything they said they wanted, and then you you look to them to be validated for having pleased them, and they move the markers. And that's what it's like to be raised in an abusive home. It could have been physically abusive, too. It wasn't, but it could have been. But it was sexually abusive. So that's a physicality, but it's not beating and it's not violence. Not that any of it is good, but it just doesn't fall into the category of the usual idea of physical abuse. So I was raised that way to make them proud, show up. You know, I was fortunate. You know, I was very musically talented, and I was I was smart enough to get all kinds of awards at school, and so they were very happy about that. They could talk about me, their kid. So that was my ticket. That was my ticket. But what do you do with that ticket when you go into a re, an adult relationship yourself? Well, it's not likely that your partner is going to have the same pride in you that yet your parents did if they were hijackles. But because you have been trained, groomed, you are going to be very attractive to a hijackle partner. And it's all subconscious. Nobody's figuring this all out. It is subconscious because that's the way that you have been raised. And so it it happened to me. Of course, I got into a relationship where I couldn't please him. And, you know, nothing would be good enough. And then there was a lot of belittling, a lot of name-calling. He liked to drink. He would get very angry when he drank. Familiar? Yeah, could be for you too. And so I had to walk away from that relationship. Because then I realized, I started to realize, ah, this feels familiar. It doesn't look the same, but it feels the same. And I'm not having any more of that. I refuse to have any more of that. So in a relationship, you may have the subconscious patterns of how you were raised as a child. And that may be one of the things that drew a hijackal to you. So let's go back to the enabling piece. The enablers think, I'll be the one that understands them, and they'll finally appreciate it, and they'll be grateful, and they'll love me. And that's a lovely thought, but it doesn't happen in reality with a hijackal. It just doesn't. And you know what? We are not responsible for the happiness of others. Yes, we want to take care of our children and provide them with experiences and love that keeps them happy, but we're not responsible for the happiness of another adult certainly we don't want to be harming them or be responsible for, for making them unduly unhappy, but we're not responsible for making them happy. That's an inside job. That's something that someone has to do for themselves. And that's an important thing to realize because how many times will someone say, when they come to see me and say, well, she doesn't make me happy anymore. I simply say, not her job. And then it's like, what do you mean it's not her job? We're in a marriage. We're in a relationship. The other person is supposed to keep me happy. No, it's not the case because you're supposed to look after your own happiness, look after living your own values, learn how to communicate and be in healthy, happy relationships that will cause you to be happy but it's because of your contribution, it's your mindset, it's the way that you have contributed to the relationship and the reciprocity and equality in the relationship. You know, I'm always talking about episode 115, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, and those things need to be present. So hijackles want you to be responsible for their happiness. And that is a key, big no you are not responsible for the happiness of another adult. You don't want to be responsible for their pain because you're a healthy human being, but you are not responsible for their happiness. But hijackles play on that by blaming you and shaming you and manipulating you and finding fault with you and, and laying on the guilt and the obligation. You know, when Susan Forward wrote her book about emotional vampires or emotional blackmail it's called she talked about fog the fog as an acronym and what do hijackers like to do they like to keep you in that fog and that's the fog of fear obligation and guilt fear obligation and guilt and when they keep you there then you can get terribly stuck so they're going to play on fear obligation and guilt and blame and shame and many other things so, if you had a hijackable parent like I did, and you have, yeah, you, you may have shifted into people pleasing mode at some level, and because that was the way you made the giants happy, so they'd feed you and they'd look after you, and that was a natural response to being a child who needed to be taken care of in order to survive. But the great joy of our adulthood is that we no longer are in those situations. We don't have to put up with that. We don't have to stay in those patterns and we begin to change. And that's the joy of it. That's where we get the opportunity to say, hmm, let me look in the mirror and see, do I like that person in there? Do I feel like they're well-balanced? Do I feel like they're healthy? Or are they anxiety ridden? Are they looking over their shoulder and fearful? And if that's the case, you might want to change. I hope you do because it's very, very hard on yourself and your body to live with any sense of fear or walking on eggshells as we talk about so often. So enabling is a very important thing to understand. And hijackles love people who are pre-groomed because it's less work for them. So if you're like me and you had hijackable parents or a hijackal home life, then you want to look at what happened there and change that within yourself so that you can then say, what am I really in now? And a lot of that work that I do with people is empowering them to come back to center, to fully live again so they can make good decisions. Unless there's physical or sexual abuse, I think you should empower yourself in the relationship, heal yourself in the relationship, and then you can make better decisions and you will execute them in a much more effective way. And that's important, I think. So we've talked about um, what enabling is, but what is emotional abuse? And so yet again, I wrote my own definition because I think that the others didn't quite capture it for me. So emotional abuse to me is controlling another person by criticizing, embarrassing, shaming, blaming, dismissing, depriving, or denying their rights, needs, wants, thoughts, feelings, and their equality. Whew, has a lot to take in, isn't it? Are you with anybody who is constantly critical? Are you with anybody who's blaming you all the time? These are these are pretty constant behaviors. Do they demean you? Do they belittle you? Do they dismiss your thoughts and your feelings or your needs or your wants? Or do they tell you they know you better than you know yourself? They know what you want. They know what's right for you. How is that working? How are you actually engaging in that way with that? Because that is definition of emotional abuse that controlling another person by using emotional means, criticizing, embarrassing, shaming, blaming, dismissing, depriving, denying, manipulating, lying, all kinds of things like that. And when that's going on, it is very demoralizing. And so it's very important to see it for what it is, you know, to actually be able to say, No wonder I feel so downtrodden. No wonder I feel like I'm losing my energy and I'm losing my edge. I have been worn down and torn down by this. And it is emotionally abusive. So very important to recognize. And so what do they do? They make you wrong. They make you wrong for things. And then they dismiss and diminish and degrade you. And, you know, they do that in little subtle ways. Have you ever been with somebody or maybe you are with someone? I know even my mother used to do this. You know, they will embarrass you in front of other people and they will expect to get away with it because they know you won't say anything. And so they do that. Well, if that's the case for you, just start saying, that didn't feel good. Just don't say it in any any emotional way. Just quietly report. That's not accurate. That didn't feel good. Please don't speak to me like that. Don't speak about me like that. Just note it by saying something. Because if they behave that way in public, you're going to have a much worse time in private. And so it becomes important to say it in private as well know how they like to gaslight you. They like to define your reality, tell you what you think and feel and need and want. They'll even tell you what you prefer and what you remember, right? And if if that's going on, if you have somebody who likes to gaslight you, they will then try to change your narrative. They will try and tell you that you're crazy. You don't remember things well. You, you are saying things for your own gain because they can't take responsibility for their behavior. And that's emotionally abusive as well. That is no good at all. And they also like to isolate and marginalize you. You know, many times I'm having that first consultation with a client and they're in their car because that's the only place they could be to safely talk. Or if they're in the house, maybe they have children who are wanting their attention, but the only room that they can be in safely to talk is a room with the children. And that's fine with me because any way that they can reach out is great. But that isolation and marginalization They'll take you away from your family. They'll take you away from your friends, either physically by suggesting that we move romantically somewhere, just us, or they will start to say, I don't want to go there. And you shouldn't either. You should want to spend time with me. And that way they'll isolate you and marginalize you. So you're unavailable to be with your friends. And eventually your friends don't ask anymore. And then the hijackal is very happy because now you have to turn to them. And another thing emotional abuse will do is erode your self-confidence. It can just tear you down to nothing, that you feel so depleted that you can't even argue about something. You can't even put forth your own view because you feel so much that it won't be heard. And that's when they figure they've got you, when they have wiped you out, when you are totally emotionally exhausted and very well maybe physically exhausted as well. Because they love to keep you in chaos and confusion. They like to keep the whole home in chaos and confusion. Never quite coming home when they say they will, never doing what they say they will, never taking responsibility for things future faking, making promises that make you light up and think, oh, something good's going to happen. And then they'll say, I never said I'd do that. All of that to keep you in chaos, to keep you on edge. And and they, they do this other nasty thing. And if it's happening to you, really take a note right now. They threaten you with things. They threaten to take away money. They threaten to take away the children. They threaten to leave you, destitute. They threaten to hit you. They threaten to harm you. They threaten to ruin your reputation. They threaten to come to your workplace. You know, all of these are control measures and they're all emotionally abusive. And we need to notice them because only when we notice them and actually honestly say to ourselves, yes, that happens, can we begin to make some changes. And you can make changes. It won't be comfortable because they like you the way you are, but you need to get yourself back. You need to find that place in you that says, "Mm -mm, this is not all right with me. No, this is not good. And it cannot go on. And you want to find that place in you because they're going to make you put them first. And there's no equality in that. So we have to find that balance where you put yourself first in small ways that are safe for you. And then we grow them from there. And they're always asking you to do too much. You know, I've had really extreme cases where the person, one partner, the hijackal partner, refused to work, drank, smoked weed, um, did other drugs, and then sat in the living room, would not lift a finger in the home, and then complain about why the other partner was not keeping them in the style to which they should be accustomed, and that it's their fault. Not that's extreme, but that happens. That's emotionally abusive. There's no partnership there. You don't want to be in a relationship that doesn't have partnership, that you know for sure there's another human you can count on, right? That's really important. So being with a person who's emotionally abusive can lead to trauma bonding. And that trauma bonding is kind of simply like they, they really hurt you. But because they've isolated or marginalized you, they really hurt you. And then after a bit, they come back and they want to be the hero who makes you feel special, makes you feel taken care of for a minute. So you get this, go away, go away, go away. Oh, come closer, you know, you poor thing. Go away, come closer. And you get trauma-bonded. Your emotions get caught in that. You know, They're so wonderful. They're so awful. And that trauma bond begins to hook you into that. Now, if anything that I've said tonight is familiar sounding, then emotional abuse is on the table. And being able to give it a name, to say, no, I'm not going to pretend that it's not there. I'm not going to pretend it's not happening. I'm not going to make light of it. I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to see it. And I'm not going to enable it another second. I am not going to enable it. Now, I may have to start in small ways. You're not just going to wholesale stop enabling because it's a journey. You have to understand it. But if you could just say, yes, I see how I'm enabling these behaviors. Remember? How do you step in and fix, solve, excuse, rationalize, justify, or make the consequences go away of their bad choices? If you find that you do that, that's the definition, my definition of enabling. So you're actually being their parent. You're taking care of them. You're making the bad go away, and you think they'll love you for it. They don't. They really don't, and they may have a much less and lower opinion of you for doing it so it's important for us to understand this whole idea of enabling and if you get enmeshed and entangled in an enabling relationship it leads to further and further emotional abuse and it's a slippery slippery slope as you may well know and when you when you go down that slippery slope it can get worse and worse and worse so So important to understand these dynamics. Enabling in healthy terms would be loving. It would be providing equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. But when you're with a narcissistic hijackal or any kind of hijackal, they want way more than they're willing to give. And so when you enable, they never get the consequences of their behavior. And therefore, a very, very good place to start is in small ways of just being able to say, no, that's not true. No, I don't care for being called that name. No, it's not all right with me to be called names. You know, to be able to quietly speak up and say your truth without being confrontative. That's the way that we start making some changes in that regard. So I hope this has helped you because you want to see the emotional abuse and see the enabling behaviors that you may have fallen into just because you're a good person and you're endeavoring to make someone happy or to keep the peace or to lower the level of conflict. But hijackals are dedicated to chaos and confusion. They like to create conflict. And you won't be able to stop that in them, but you can stop it in you, and that's the good news. So I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com, forrelationshiphelp.com. That's the same name, For Relationship Help, is my YouTube channel. And you can find me, of course, on Facebook by using my name. So I hope this has been helpful to you. It's offered some thought-provoking things to see, "Mm, what are the finer points that are happening around here of me as an enabler? What am I enabling? And what would I like to start with to stop and maybe make some changes there? And in the meantime, before we speak again, I hope that you will take very, very, very good care of yourself and know that you deserve to do that because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.